welcome back to Blue Royalty, a Chelsea women's podcast brought to you by London is Blue. We are here to talk today about a fantastic 3-0 win over Spurs, London is Blue, as the podcast name goes, at Stamford Bridge, took place over the weekend. I'm joined as always by Abdullah. Abdullah, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank you very much. I was just watching a little bit of the World Cup, but you know, we take a break, come and record the ultimate podcast that we do on a weekly basis. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. The World Cup madness on top of women's football <laughs> is quite a lot to keep track of. I'm, I'm already finding we're only on day two of the World Cup. Uh, someone else who I know is feeling that stress is Tracy Brown. Tracy, how are you doing? Uh, glad to be talking about Chelsea women and not the day I've had talking about Welsh football and the World Cup as a whole. Um, and I'm done in my, my, my Welsh top, which works really well. Because of Sophie Ingle and the fact that she's been playing so well. So obviously, right now, this isn't even for the Welsh men. This is all about Sophie. So Love that. We should do more themed costumes for players, I reckon. You know, I could get like a, a didgeridoo and do kind of a Sam Kerr. Look, look, look at the end of the day, we've got, we've got Neil in, in, you know, laying in a hospital bed. Maybe we need to don some country shirts. I mean, really. Okay, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I could see Abdullah getting some like nice trainers to do the Kadisha Buchanan vibe. <laughs> I think that would be his yeah, dress yeah, up yeah. of choice. All day, all day. I've got the collection in the room right there, so we're ready to go. All right, we're prepped, we're prepped. We'll do that for uh, maybe a future Halloween, guys. <laughs> all right, we are here to talk about Chelsea's 3-0 win over Spurs. Goals from Sam Kerr, Aaron Cuthbert and Guru Wrighton all in the first half, giving the Blues a very, very easy win, really, in the end. Um... I'll just kick off going through some of the through the team news. Pretty much a to be expected team, I think. AKB in goal, back four: Ivy Perisic, Kadisha Buchanan, Millie Bright, Mag- Magda Eriksson, Aaron Cuthbert, and Sophie Ingle with Jesse Fleming in midfield and a front three of Lauren James, Sam Kerr, and Guru Wrighton. Uh, Abdullah, I was uh, talking to Harry Edwards when we did our preview for the show, and we were very confident that Neve Charles was going to play. So I feel like that switch for Perisic was maybe maybe the biggest surprise from this lineup. Yeah, I would think so. I thought, uh, and, you know, I thought it was a valid point that she's been playing so well that there is no reason not to bring her in, and especially against the Spurs side, who I guess the way the game panned out was probably better than we expected because Chelsea just dominated, and so this would have been almost a perfect game for Neve Charles to go and attack and kind of add a bit more impetus to the attack. But you know what? I, 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 to be fair, like while it was a surprise, I thought Parise did did a, did a reasonably good job kind of shoring up that right-hand side and kind of kind of playing well. And one thing I liked about her inclusion is the is I love her composure when she gets on the ball and when she wants to play between the lines. I think that's really been one of her strengths so far. So yeah, I, while it was a surprise, you know what? Good performance from you know, me, Parise. Yeah, and I think we, we've said it before as well. It's like still kind of blows my mind that we can go from having no reliable fullbacks to suddenly seeming to have loads. And that's something I'm still going to continue enjoying. And I agree. I, I thought Perisic had a good game. Some stats some stats from the game. Um, 14 shots for Chelsea to 8 for Spurs. 7 on target to Spurs is 3. 58% possession with an 84% pass accuracy to Spurs is 42% with 81% pass accuracy. 3 fouls for us, 11 for them. Zero yellow cards for us. Three for them, um, five corners for us, one for them, and an expected goals of 1.5 to 0.7. Tracy, I feel like those stats, they they kind of feel more even than this game actually was because basically the story of this match is that 
Chelsea were really good in the first half, and then in the second half they were kind of like, eh, we'll take a, take the foot off the gas. I think that's. I think. I mean, literally, we come out flying. To be fair, I mean, that first half was completely dominant. I think if you just looked at the first half stats, they would look very, very different to what you've just read out. Um, second half, we did. We took off off gas. I think you know we were already really, really comfortable. I did find that actually in the second half, Spurs were shutting us down a little bit more. They were a little bit quicker at us. But yeah, I mean, it was so comfortable in the first half that. Uh, to be quite honest, the game was won there. That I think, yeah, we were just... It's almost like a training ground exercise a little bit in the second half. Yeah, it, it, it was an interesting one in that sense. Um, I think there's a couple of things that we can talk through today from the game. Uh, the, the first half performance I definitely want to chat about. I think it'll be interesting to get some conversation around, you know, Stamford Bridge and what it was like having the game there. Abdullah's got a tactics corner talking about our control of the game. And we can look ahead a bit more to, to the Real Madrid game as well. Because, yeah, I think this kind of ended up being a fairly routine win for Chelsea, which is great to see because it's kind of something we've we've not not had. And, you know, again, we were talking before this match about worrying when you're coming back from the international break uh, about those jitters and how being away can affect players. But broadly, Abdullah... There were some initial nerves, I think, in this game, but realistically, Chelsea settled down quite quickly and, and just kind of asserted themselves, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I think the first maybe 10, 12, 15 minutes was was a little bit of nerves. And I think maybe maybe playing at Stamford Bridge was was the reason they weren't used to the surroundings. Obviously, they don't play there on a weekly basis, so you can kind of maybe expect them just to get their bearings and, and coming up against Spurs, you know, uh, a London derby, which, which, which would be expected. But I think... Also, with a few of the changes that came into the side, obviously you had Jesse Fleming, Jesse Fleming coming in up front, you know, and usually they've been playing with Fran Kirby or Pena Lajada, whoever is fit, kind of kind of plays in that in that forward area. So a little bit of a change over there, and I think once they settle into the game and, and Spurs kind of lost a little bit of their kind of initial energy that they had, and and you know, kind of playing around, trying to press, trying to go in, going hard. I think. Chelsea just looked comfortable. I think once they just got their 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 their, their, their foot on the ball, kind of sat there, controlled possession. I think I think it was good, and I think coming it was a surprise in a weird way because you know, like you said, coming from an international break, usually it's very it's almost like everyone's forgotten how to play in in a general sense. You forget how to play. You come in, he's like, oh, you know, get get back into the club mode of things. I've got to make sure you know things are there. How do we get back into the things and how to be control games and. And I think this is something that we'll talk about throughout throughout this episode is control, control, control. And I think once Chelsea got control, especially in that first half, it was a matter of, okay, let's see if we can kill this game now and then kind of go from there. And I think one thing I really liked about this first half was once they got the control, they didn't just play slow, controlled possession game. They played quick football. And you know, that's what we've been saying for a long, long time now is, one of Chelsea's problems is when they do control games, they're too slow in possession, they're too slow to break down, they're too slow in transition, that they aren't able to break teams down and it's easy. And for a team like Tottenham, it could have been very easy for them to sit back, play the way that they usually play and frustrate Chelsea. But Chelsea seemingly just played a lot better between the lines. And, you know, once they once they were able to get that, that first goal, I think it was just, I think Spurs just kind of had their game plan thrown out the window and Chelsea was like, all right, cool, we're just going to... We're going to sit back and we're just going to play how we normally play because we've got the one goal cushion now. And I don't think for, I don't think for the most part, Tottenham really threatened uh, going the other way. So, yeah. 
Yeah, Tracy, what I kind of liked about the way we approached this game was it felt like we were very willing to try different things. So, you know, the first goal kind of comes from playing long, but we also used the space out wide really well. We did kind of see Jesse Fleming dropping deeper and playing more like the quarterback passes. It felt like a very versatile Chelsea performance. Well, actually, Jesse was fantastic. I mean, admittedly, you look one place and she was somewhere else. I mean, she was all over the place yesterday and she worked her backside off. Um, no, I mean, I, I agree, actually. From the, from the start, we literally come out like we were really, really up for the game. And we all know, as Chelsea fans, that when we score first, once we get control we're very hard to break down. Once that comfort zone is there, we do 10 times better. Um, we utilise every inch of the pitch at Stamford Bridge in every sense. Um, it was fantastic to see. Um, yeah, long long passes were pretty much on point. Um, I'm always glowing about Guru, but of course she was just amazing because she was this. Um, I mean, everyone from, from the back to the front worked really well. It's got to be... Um, some of the best football I've seen in a while. I think we're really gelling. I think there's aspects of our game that's really, really working. And actually, the diversity of the team yesterday was fantastic. And the play, um, yeah, more of that, please, to be fair. Um, back at Kingsford, though. Definitely some of the best football that Stamford Bridge, I think, has seen from a Chelsea in team a as very, well. very, very long time. <laughs> I mean, it was a relief for a lot of people. Fans there yesterday who obviously don't normally go to the women's game, who mostly walked out of that game at the end of the day and going, well, women need to play in more because at least we're getting to see an actual football game with a win and goals because we're not used to seeing that either. So, and a clean sheet. I mean, it was it was all good for all Chelsea fans yesterday. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I don't want to take credit away from Chelsea, Abdullah, but I was kind of struck by Spurs's laziness defensively, giving players quite a lot of time and space. You know, even Sam Kerr's goal, I know it's hard because they're running back, but I don't really understand how with three defenders on the line, no one can clear it. The, the Aaron Cuthbert goal, it kind of comes out to her. Everyone knows what Aaron Cuthbert's going to do. You know, I take nothing away. It's a fantastic strike, but there's no one coming out to close her down. We also should talk about how... All of our defenders managed to run from our penalty area to the Spurs penalty area. What did the occasion just get to them? Do you think they just kind of said fuck it? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think Spurs just did what Spurs do. I think it was it was weird because that the it's almost like after they initially didn't get I mean, they, they had, like could be said, they had the 10-15 minute spell, and then after that, once things didn't start working, they were just like they were almost half-assed. It was like should we press and stop them or should we sit back? And it's almost like for 90 minutes, they didn't, didn't make up their minds. Like, should we do one or the other? And it was like, it almost to me felt like each of their defenders was on a different wavelength. Like Ashley Neville might've been aggressive and obviously she gave away that really soft penalty, if we can call it a soft penalty. And then she got the yellow card. And then, you know, it was, she was like really aggressive. Like, you know, what have I done? And she gave away a few fouls. But then Zdorsky was on a different wavelength and, and Bartra was on a different wavelength. And to me, it just felt like I don't know what's going on with this defense. And it didn't help because if you give Chelsea even an inch of space, let alone five, ten yards of space, when someone like Sam Kerr sitting on the shoulder, able to kind of, you know, get long balls over the top, turn and run, you're asking for trouble. I mean, like, again, you're giving Jesse. I mean, honestly, I think Jesse Fleming, Sam Kerr, and Lauren James could actually be the most technically 
brilliant front three that Chelsea have in terms of ball retention and ball possession and able to be able to drive the ball forward because I don't think you can dispossess either of them easily. The ball just sticks to their feet and they're able to dribble through and drive through. And I think the problem was with with Spurs was that they just weren't they weren't quick to close them down. They weren't doubling up. I thought the midfielders were a step behind. There was too much of a gap between the midfield and their defense. And it, it just didn't work out. Aaron Cuthbert's goal was just like, guys, you it's almost like they had like the all the time in the world to stop her because she had to take a touch off the chest, get on get it onto the ground, volley, shoot. And it's like you literally could have at least got two plus to sprint towards it and get it off target. But no, they they were just they were just off, and I think the occasion got to them. I thought that, I just thought that once Plan A was out the window, it just felt like Rayanne Skinner didn't have a Plan B, and neither did they. And they were just kind of like, "Oh well, we'll just do something, and and and, and we'll go from there." So, and I think I think it just gave Chelsea the confidence and and kind of the, the ability to just be all right. We don't have to be as aggressive, and we don't have to be as maybe at our 100% optimal because Spurs are just letting us play at 60-70% and we're able to kind of get through and, and score goals. Yeah, I definitely think Spurs' game plan basically became let's see how many of Chelsea's players Drew Spence can flatten and now I appreciate how annoying that must have been for every other team when we had Drew Spence playing for us. But we're going to take a quick ad break. When we come back, I want to chat a little bit more about Jesse Fleming. If you're bored of the US Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the UK? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you with over 5,000 plus server options. No show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an affected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened. Check out my link again. That's nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue to get your subscription started today. All right. Thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show. Let's get back into the game. Tracy, you were talking about Jesse Fleming saying she had a really good game. Anna Hayes equally said it was a stand-up performance from her. I felt like she struggled to impose herself a little bit. Tell me why I'm wrong, please. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I don't... Yeah, you are wrong. <laughs> from my <laughs> Obviously, can I just speak from my point of view? You know, I almost, I think what it was is, when I realised how well she was picking up the ball really early in the game, I almost kept my eye on her for a good chunk of the game. I was quite drawn to her. And obviously, certain games you're drawn to how certain players are playing, but it was, it was the fact that she was... She was all over the place. She really was. She was going back to get the ball, bringing it forward. She was down the wing, then she was in the middle. I mean, she really did. She was like a Trojan horse yesterday. She was really working, um, working the game. And it's mostly the best I have seen her in all of the games we've had. And for me, that just, I'm really glad because it means, you know, in games to come, I think he's only going to adapt but better. And I think, you know, she'll get better as, as the season goes on, the more game time that she actually gets. But no, she just done it. She was just, the movement across the pitch yesterday was was amazing. Um, I think it was really because I just had my eye on her for some reason. Um, 
I think, well, it is, you get so, I do think you get so used to seeing a certain place who was on the pitch, so you've always got your arm, Sam, let's be fair, because she's always going to do something. And actually, it's, it's sometimes the other players, I mean, I suppose my the two players I was really focusing on yesterday were Sophie Ingle and, and Jesse. I think they were literally the two I was literally watching. And their, their, their work rate was just fantastic. I mean, just quickly go back to Erin's goal. I mean, really, I think the amount of times she had was ridiculous. And I think if everyone had come running towards her, she still most probably would have got the ball in the back of the net. And the movement was just incredible. And yes, I mean, our midfield structure really worked, really worked yesterday. Yeah, I definitely think, Abdullah, this is, this seems to be the first choice midfield, doesn't it? Not necessarily Fleming. I think, you know, if Harder was fit and if when Kirby comes back to full fitness, we might see them back in there. But this kind of pairing of Ingle and Cuthbert in particular just feels really solid. And I think something that's, that struck me in this game is that it feels like Aaron's got a lot better, I think, from playing as the lone six, as maybe in maybe understanding what when actually she's playing further forward, she needs to do to help Sophie. Yeah, and I think having, I think first things first, I think having a consistent partner next to her has helped. Like just being able to look to her left or right and go, all right, I'm seeing you every game next to me. So I know your movement patterns. I know how you're going forward. I know when you're going to go back. I think, first of all, that helps a lot. And I think you're right. I think I think being able to play as both the number the lone number six and in the double pivot has helped Erin because she's now had the experience of playing as a solo number six, knowing when the defensive work needs to be done, when to move, where to move. And now when she's playing next to another defensive midfielder, who's again a little bit more defensive, I think she's gained this really solid understanding of when do I need to move forward and when recognize when she needs to sit back next to Sophie Ingle? And I think that's probably, for me, the biggest improvement in Aaron Cuthbert this season playing in this position is understanding both sides of the game. And I think that's probably what held her back probably last season from generally was, was her tactical positional sense where, you know, did she know, have a fully full grasp, a full understanding of when does she need to move forward? When does she need to drop back? And I think now it's become very apparent that she's learned that, especially playing in this in this double pivot. So I think that's that's definitely one thing. Um, and I think secondly, just being able to, I think the last three, four games that they've played, maybe Manchester United aside, she's been able to have more control in, in, in the midfield. And I think that's made her look better because Chelsea have had more control. She's been able to get on the ball more without as much pressure as 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 you would against a team that would press a little bit more. Um, I think the United game was probably a perfect test to see how this midfield work and 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 they came out of it. They they won three one. So um, you know, test pass. And I think coming up against teams like that, I think will 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 just will just benefit Chelsea. Now, now they're coming up against Real Madrid obviously midweek and I think that'll be another big test. And if they, I think if they can get through this this Real Madrid game as a double pivot and put in a good performance and even if, if I don't even mind if they're on the back foot in that game against Real Madrid, as long as they show control and show that they're in control even without the ball, for me, that will just solidify the fact that this is the perfect midfield pairing because whether they're on the ball in control of a game or off the ball when they're not in control of a game and, and vice versa, that they're able to 
they're able to play together and and know when they need to move when they need to move forward and so i think for me that's probably the biggest um you know the biggest learning and lesson that we've seen from from this double pivot so yeah Aaron Aaron saying that new contract leaning into the role for me has been fantastic yeah that's true that that kind of happened obviously basically immediately after we caught recorded our, our Spurs match preview but yeah um, it's great news that Aaron, Aaron obviously signed signed a ting as everyone was saying um let's go to Lauren James corner Tracy because we have to just rhapsodize about her every single week one thing I find funny is it feels like she just doesn't bother to start playing until about 15 minutes into the games and it doesn't really matter because when she gets going she's just ridiculous but it's almost like she's like I'll give everyone else a head start and then like then I'll like make the magic happen but she was just took both Asmita Ale and Ashley Neville for a massive ride and I don't just mean when she kind of maybe dived not dived tripped herself over for the penalty We actually were saying that, actually, a group of us sat together and we were actually saying, you know, when you watch her, it's almost like she's in slow-mo sometimes. You know, it's like slow, relax, it was a football game, whatever, it's fine. And then it's right, all of a sudden, click your fingers and she's gone and she's flown past people. The the work with her feet is is second to none. You can't even keep up with it. And all of a sudden, ball's in there and, and away we go. And you're like, Hang on, was she even in the game like 10 minutes ago? And literally, it's calm, cool, collected. There's no sweat. There's no stress. And when she just needs to turn it on, it's literally just like a switch. It's like on, and then the movement is incredible. Yeah, I do think she's going to be someone we land up having this conversation about consistently over the season. And the thing is, she's only going to get better. I mean, it must have been fantastic for the family to see, you know, uh, Lauren on the pitch yesterday at Stamford Bridge, you know, obviously Reese's home patch and her sort of saying to the, her brother and the family, <laughs> look what I can do, to be fair. Uh, the skill level was just second to none. And yes, she sort of makes mincemeat of a lot of players, to be fair. It doesn't matter what team, when she's on it and yeah, well, as I say, when she switches that button and she is, she can get past anybody. The movement is incredible and she can knock on that speed as well when she wants to. So um more to come. Um, I don't know if you're part of the Chelsea management team, you have got to be loving everything that she can pull off right now because you know that even if a game's going slow, even if she doesn't start the game, you bring her on, she could she's definitely going to be able to change games. Um, so yeah, she's um she's one of our favorites to watch for sure. But yeah, that relaxed I don't care attitude is just absolutely ridiculous. It's we were talking about it in the pub after the game yesterday as well. Um, just also about how what's amazing I think about how she kind of uses the ball is she's not like a dainty player by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, you know, she, she's built, and but she still like goes kind of past players with this like real twinkle toes that I think you'd expect from a much smaller player but the fact that she's then got this strength it's like she's really got it all it's not just the skill it's the fact that you know and we were kind of hypothesizing about obviously growing up with Reese and getting a lot of chances to like play with him and how that might have helped her develop physically in a way that other players don't necessarily get the chance to because it's something we've obviously seen a lot in the women's game with clubs wanting to play games against their youth men's teams for example like into into friendlies and things like that to to improve on that physicality and i think that's something that that james obviously has in spades right now 
Um, oh, we're always getting cats on the podcast. Molly Hudson had a cat on the podcast before. Tracy Brown's cat's going to... Who was Hello, Tracy Garfield. Brown's cat's player of the match? <laughs> Hello, Garfield. Thank you for joining us. Garfield. <laughs> Love you. Thank you, Garfield. I love that. Mm. Uh, amazing. Uh, I want to just touch, Abdullah, on some quotes that Emma said talking about Khadija after the game. Um, she said, Khadija was a central player within a hybrid back system until about two games ago. I felt we weren't able to bring the best out of her because she was always driving centrally with the ball. We adjusted for the last game and all I see now is her flourishing. What I will say about that is not once did she complain, not once did she hide. She always says to me, coach, what do you need from me? But the minute I put her into that new position, I can just see that her communication and confidence and everything is increasing. And this game was clearly at her best in a Chelsea shirt. We've been talking about this. I think we all know this is Hayes basically spitting bars because this is so true. But it does. It feels like we're seeing Leon Buchanan now, right? This is yeah. This is exactly what we're seeing. We're seeing uh, Leon Buchanan, there. and I think I think playing um, playing uh, on on as a as a wider centre back, I think for me has been the masterstroke because it allows her to be able to drive with the ball into the into the, into the wider spaces, and I think. Even even not just for Buchanan, I think for the entire, the three Chelsea defenders, the three Chelsea centre-backs that are there, I think Magda playing left centre-back, um, you know, uh, Buchanan playing right centre-back and Millie Bright playing centrally, I think that's the best position for, for the three of them. And it just so happens that they work well together as the, in those positions and Buchanan has, has majorly flourished in there, you know, her able to kind of have that space to pr push forward. And I think that's one of the reasons why I think Yves Parisse, I know we're going, I'm going back to Yves Parisse for pivoting there, but I think that's another reason why Yves Parisse is playing at right back, right wing back. I think it's the perfect foil for Buchanan on that right-hand side, because when Buchanan wants to push forward, Yves Parisse has the presence of mind and the tactical intelligence to know when she needs to sit back and when she needs to go forward, and because she's a good defensive player as well, there's a bit of that trust going on on that right-hand side, that relationship building of, okay, Buchanan, when you step forward, okay, great, fantastic, you step forward and I'll step back and then vice versa. So I think that's also really, really helped. And I think it's it's great to finally see the new signings on that right-hand side kind of flourish and, and, and come together. And I think maybe playing... And obviously you can do this, it, it, depending on the game, but maybe playing Charles and Buchanan maybe doesn't allow Buchanan to be as expansive in ball carrying as she is. But playing Yves Perisse uh, allows her to do that. But no, I think I think, I think think her, Leon, she was obviously playing in a two and she was playing on the right-hand side because it was always Wendy Renard who was the passer, the one who was going to sit back and kind of control play from the back, use her passing, maybe step forward a little bit and pass from there. Whereas Buchanan, who was the one who was the ball carrier, the one stepping forward into midfield, and obviously had Amandine Henri and Demaris to kind of, you know, protect her in, the, in, the, in that single pivot role in front of her. And I think now at Chelsea playing on the right centre-back role in a three is semi-replicating the role that she had at Lyon, which I think is, is finally great to see. And I think we're going to... it's. It's almost coming at a perfect time into the crunch games. Yeah, really, really good to see Buchanan settling in and starting to thrive. Tracy, I want to talk to you about the atmosphere at Stamford Bridge. Obviously, I think it's been a long time since we've had a game there, not since the start of the 1920 season. The game was sold out. The announcement that was that there were 38,000 people there, I think most people are in agreement that there was not 38,000 people there but what what did you make of the whole experience in the whole day 
Well, I'm obviously used to going to Stamford Bridge for the men's games. So obviously, you know, I know what it's like when it's sold sell out. I would you'd be lucky to say there was 32, 33 in there, if to to be fair. I mean, that would mostly be in a more average figure of the amount of people that were in there. I think the problem we have when we play at Stamford Bridge, and as much as yeah, it's great to play with a bigger crowd and stuff, we lose the atmosphere. I think when we're at Kings Meadow, you've got that chorus of voices and sound that's really dominant. So you hear the chanting, you hear the singing, you hear, and that brings in in its own atmosphere. You you lose that all completely at Stamford Bridge. You won't. You'll have more than your regulars going to obviously Stamford Bridge. There'll be a lot of people who went to King to um, Stamford Bridge. Just they would never go to Kings Meadow. Um, it'd be nice to get them down to Kings Meadow, but the chances are we're not going to. Um, so for me, it was quiet. Um, I feel like, you know, we, we just lost a lot of the atmosphere. Luckily, it didn't affect the game, but we do know in the past that things can affect the game. And obviously, even when we're at Kingsman, if the crowd's quiet, it does have a knock-on effect to the team. So luckily, the team sorted that out quite early. Um, but I'm really a fan of our home grounds. I'm really a fan of, of Kings Meadow. I like the fact that it's small and I don't know that that it's almost like a more of a pressure cooker. I think when definitely when it's full. Um, so for me, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of the women playing at, at Stamford Bridge, which is huge because obviously I'm used to going to, to Stamford Bridge all the time. So just not a fan for the women. No, I'm glad you said that because I am also, I'm sure most people know this, but a Kings Meadow kind of ultra, like I really value that as a ground. I think, you know, there's no reason to be like, we have to play in the men's stadium. Obviously, the reality is, is if we do progress in the Champions League, we will have to play at Stamford Bridge and it's worth getting the practice in. It's worth it in games like this. I think PSG is obviously going to be at Bridge. So... Um, we get it. We un- and we understand why this is. Secu- there's also security issues around the PSG game as well. So obviously, you know, slightly, slight. But I mean, it, that isn't just my feeling. That's a feeling of, of several, like Kerry from the Chelsea Women Supporters Group. Her feeling is we don't need to be playing at Stamford Bridge. We need to be playing at home at Kings Meadow. The majority of us agree that actually, you know, it's better at home. So um, it's definitely, it's definitely quite a few of us diehard Chelsea Women Supporters who are like, no. We just let's just let's just stay at Kingswood. I just be fair. Yeah, and I think something that's that is interesting as well, Abdilla, and obviously I know you, you weren't in the game, but I'd be intrigued to know what you think about how you get around this. Is to me as well, this game was quite dull in the end because okay, you know we see three goals in the first half, we're having a lot of fun, but you know even when we've been talking about it, there's interesting things to discuss, but it wasn't edge of your seats in the second half you know at one point I was sat trying to just see if I could spot my friends on the opposite side of Stamford Bridge and I'm going to be the person who's most invested in the game and if that's how I feel and it's hard right because on the one hand I think sometimes people just like to see their teams do well and that's what they got Chelsea played well they won they scored three goals but on the other hand I was at the Arsenal game the day before and even though Arsenal lost it almost felt like that game might have done more to enthuse first-time Arsenal fans because it was just this really even game, these late goals, really, really exciting. And it's hard as a Chelsea fan because I'm like, I want us to win comfortably, but I also want us to really be able to, you know, put on a show. Yeah, no, I, I was I was going to bring up the, the point about the Arsenal United game because going watching, even watching that on t- on, on TV, I, I was, it was edgy seat stuff. It was such a... It was almost the perfect way to introduce United and Arsenal fans who usually wouldn't watch them 
watching that game going, wow, okay, that was that was a game, right? And I think when 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 t- clubs put on games in these in these major stadiums, that's the kind of game that they dream about. Like I think United and Arsenal, regardless of the result, I think the executives and people up top would have been like, that's the perfect result in terms of you know, besides the game result, what we wanted out of this sort of game, we got. And I think Chelsea playing there. And I think I think this is where I think if you look at the European sides in the Champions League, right? When they play a lot, like you look at Barcelona putting putting their games to the camp now. Lyon regularly put their games up in, 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 the, in the men's stadium. PSG do it at the Parc de Prince once in a while. I think you've got to pick and choose major big games where the likelihood of a even a big result, a comfortable result, is going to have the same effect of what you want. Because if you're playing, let's say Chelsea were to be playing Real Madrid or PSG at Stamford Bridge, that's a whole different proposition than playing Spurs at Stamford Bridge, right? And and if Chelsea were to win 3-0 against Real Madrid, it's a statement win, it's big, it's the Champions League, it's huge, right? And I know the whole thing is about growing the WSL and growing the interest over there, but I think taking a leaf out of the... You know, taking a leaf out of the other European sides might be the way to go because you look at, you know, Lyon versus PSG is always usually played at at, at the bigger uh, at the bigger stadiums. Then you've got, you know, uh, Barcelona, Real Madrid, sometimes are played at the bigger stadiums, sometimes not. And I think it's it's just pick and choose the right games, pick and choose the big ones, whether it's a European Champions League game, whether it's a local domestic league game and go from there. Like I get Spurs is a big game with a derby, but if they had played the United game, at Old Trafford or at Stamford Bridge, and the way the result went, that would have probably been a bit more of the desired result and the atmosphere and the intensity that that was looked for. So I think I think it's about picking the right games and picking the right moments, um, you know, and, and going forward. Uh, going and just imagine to take it back to a couple of seasons ago. Imagine that Bayern Munich second leg game at Kings Meadow. If that was a packed out crowd at Stamford Bridge, with the way it ended with the, the last minute goal from Frank Kirby. That would have been fantastic. That would have been the atmosphere would have been amazing. You know, the the effect would have been there. Edgy game. So yeah, I, I think I think for me that's that's where it comes down to. Let me just do this. So let me just do this. Just wanted to <laughs> bring that in. Thank oh yeah, thank you. I was the only person in the upper tier on my feet. I think at that point, but I was going for it. Everyone else around me sat down silent. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, as we get Chelsea Academy girl, so you've got exactly. to send them in Wait. to you cannot undercover. Get rid of that blue blood. You cannot get rid of that. <laughs> it runs deep. That blue blood. It runs deep. Chelsea DNA. Uh, right. We're going to take another quick ad break. When we come back, we are heading to Abdullah's tactics corner. All right, Abdullah, you want to talk to us today a bit more about how Chelsea controlled this game and what we've kind of seen tactically develop so far this season in terms of, you know, being able to keep a clean sheet, not falling back into our 3-1 trap as much as I personally love and enjoy the 3-1s. So take it away. Yeah, no, thank you. And I think think the first thing to say is... um... You know, and and we've said it already, but I think the team is finally looking comfortable in this three four one two three four three hybrid formation. I think, you know, the the switch between the four at the back and the three at back is becoming more and more seamless, regardless of who's playing at the back. I feel like the front three is getting a lot better at interchanging positions and playing there again, once again, regardless of who's playing. And I think that's a major sign that the the system 
has become ingrained in um into the team and i think one of the reasons for chelsea's comfort comfortableness in the system and comfortableness in playing the way they have been playing going forward is i think like we said just just a little bit while ago is is the organization of that back line buchanan playing on the right magda playing on the left millie bright playing in the middle i think once you have your foundation comfortable and because there's such a key and major way of how chelsea want to build out from the back and how chelsea wants to play once the fact that they're comfortable and they're able to go forward, suddenly everyone else can kind of still be adjusting. But you've got the solidarity at the back there. Because now that you know that Magda can drive the ball up, play passes out from the left, you're comfortable. Once, you, you know, once you've got Buchanan now who's able to do the same thing for the right, maybe carry the ball forward, fantastic. And Millie Bright being able to cover in behind for those two, I think will go as well. And, you know, we've talked about it having very competent fullback wingback combination now if Paris and grew right and and being the first choice ones there right now I think has just made the whole back line more comfortable you know who's the starting back four five and that's kind of allowed the rest of the team to play you've you've seen that while the Ingle Cuthbert double pivot is now becoming comfortable but the last couple of games, because the back three, four have been comfortable, they've had a little bit more time to adjust and play, you know, play and adjust the way that they want to play and then kind of go from there. And I think the entire team is becoming more comfortable and their their control is becoming a lot better. And I think what we saw yesterday was a kind of a culmination of everything, right? They were able to control the ball at the back. They were able to control the ball in midfield. And, and the fact that they, they tried and tested long balls from the back, whether it's from the half spaces on the left and right-hand side, whether they were driving forward from midfield, whether they were using the wing backs, you know, it was the first time this season that I saw Chelsea probably use three different unpredictable ways of building the ball out from the back and taking it into the final third that finally you were like, okay, Chelsea aren't just using the wide areas. And, you know, the, the episode that we had a few weeks ago where we said, Chelsea were just almost using the wide areas exclusively to, to build up. But now, because of the comfortability, if that's even a word, we'll just roll with it, of the two wide centre-backs being able to push forward and pay out passes and, and, and you know, drive forward, has now given Chelsea an option to go, all right, do we go through Cuthbert through the middle? Do we go through Neve Paris on the right-hand side? Do we go through Guru Wrighton on the left? Do we just take a long ball down to Sam Kerr down the channels? You know, then we've got Fleming in there. And I think that's where Emma Hayes came with the course that I think Jesse Fleming played well was because, because of these long balls and because of her movement. I think it was more to do with her movement off the ball, coming inside as a number 10, going out wide as, as, as a left winger. I think those consistent movements and knowing where to be, I think was what Jesse Fleming did really, really well yesterday whilst not being able to impose herself on the ball. I think it was all her off the ball work ball that uh, work that off the ball work that worked overall. So yeah, I'm happy with the way they've been playing this game. I think it was really it went really well. So hoping for more of the same against Real Madrid in the midweek. Tracy, do you feel like we've seen Chelsea gain more control as the as the season's gone on? Absolutely. I think if we'll, we'll just ignore that first game because I don't think we'd come back to football. I think we'd forgot that there was actually a game that day and uh, we didn't turn <laughs> up. And we stayed in the dressing room that day because we just didn't fancy playing football. Since then, um, we've actually grown massively. And actually, again, agreeing with everything that's just been said, you can see, you know, 
that the back line is working well, that the sort of midfield, defensive midfield partnership's working really well. And that it's just going forward, we you're not panicking when that ball comes back at you. Um, and actually, um, Buchanan had a fantastic game yesterday. Actually, you really did see, it was that first game where you're like, wow, I can actually see the player we, we wanted. I, she's right there. You can actually physically see it. And I, I said to people around me who were like, oh, God, she's not really doing what we thought she was going to do. It's like, it's our league. It's quick. You've got to adapt and actually give her time. And actually, yesterday, you really, really noticed the difference. I think, yes, I think Emma's good. Emma, obviously, Emma was back on the sideline. She obviously, you know, she's she's had, as she said, the, the opportunity to sit at home and watch and constantly speak in someone's ear, but watch. Uh, and I've seen it from a different point of view, which is going to be great because actually then she can look at it when she's obviously training with everybody from a different point of view. There's going to be a lot of things that she would be happy and we're all happy to see. But I know Emma, she'll be going, yeah, but why was the second half so bad? So it'd be like, yeah, we scored goals, but let's focus on what we didn't do in the second half. Um, and we know, we all know that Emma would have done that after the game and, and, and will consistently do that. But no, I think we're going in the right direction. I think the, there's a unity within the team that's working really well. Everyone seems to be working really well with everybody else. Um, we've still got a phenomenal bench of class players. And obviously, yes, we did get substitutions yesterday, but you know we do have quality sat there. And when you look at the team we had out yesterday, I know we've obviously got Fran to come back, you know, she she made like a little cameo yesterday. Um that, that team that was out there is possibly that team that's gonna be driving us forward. And then you do worry about the, the quality that we also do still have sitting on the bench. I know we've got a lot of football coming up. Um and obviously, yes, we'll be back to 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 Stanford Bridge for the PSG game. And I to say that I think that will be a completely different atmosphere. I think that will bring something completely different because we know what their fans are going to be like coming in as well. Um, but yes, all going all positive. I mean, there's a lot of positives from our game. I wish we'd obviously done something in the second half. Yes, it was very much like, okay, is it going to be over now? Because you know we've done that, we'd won it. Okay, God, the second half. Can we go to the pub? No, yeah, the second half. We've got dinner. We've all got food. We're all going to eat. Um, it did feel like it was a little bit slow at the end, but um, we did our work in the first half. We, we showed what we can do, um, and everyone sort of seems to be firing in the right direction. Um, great goals, um, great movements, um, and yeah, training ground exercise in the second half. Um, more to come. I still reckon there's a lot more to come from us. I think I'd like to see um, I'd like to see us, our goal ratio going up per game. I would like to see more goals hit in the back of the net and us working on that goal difference. That would be something I'd really love to see us focus on. Uh, as everything else seems to be sort of working at the back now, I really think we need to be working on just, you know, three goals in the first half. You think we could come out and score a lot more and that didn't happen. I'd like to have seen us four, five, six would have been epic. Um, but I do want to mention Drew Spence. Yeah, I, I personally wouldn't want her coming at me, to be fair. I mean, we, oh, no. we saw the opposite oh, no. with her. Yeah, she was she was the only one at one point in the, in a Spurs top who was actually trying to play the game, and she was flying in. And obviously, she got big hugs from everybody at the end. Um, that obviously she's always going to be a blue, but yeah, I mean, big up Drew right now. That she was the only one out there in in a Tottenham shirt in that first half. We actually gave a damn about playing football. I feel, and um, she was quite epic. I definitely wouldn't want her running at me. I would have mostly gone, "No, go, go past. It's fine." Go for it. 
Yeah, there were definitely some spicy, spicy tackles going in there. Um, but I want to get a, a player of the match off of both of you. Uh, we had four options on our Twitter poll. Lauren James, Sam Kerr, Guru Wrighton and Aaron Cuthbert. Abdullah, you can obviously pick anyone else as well. Who are you going for? I will go for, um, I'll go, you know, I'll go for girl. Just again, another, another performance, another day of just like, you know, I mean, it's just every week. I just not, I, it's, I'm not even surprised when she plays this well anymore. She's just, she's both now, but the, the best thing about girl now is she's not just there when they're attacking, whether it's like every other counter attack, it was Sam Kern girl right in there. She was always like the second striker with her, which was fantastic to see. But she's also tracking back and learning the defensive side of the game really well as well. So just to, it's great to kind of see her in both and transition. So another top performance from, from Guru right? And so, yeah, I'm going to give Guru the man of the match, uh, player of the match. Yeah, I loved the, the flex after she took the penalty. Also, I've got to be honest, I didn't know Guru right and took penalties, but it was a very good penalty. Um, <laughs> I'm convinced we're going to have a penalty taken by every member of the squad before the end of the season. The way they keep rotating it around. We've not even seen Jesse do one yet. Yeah, I said you don't know who's going to be next. It's like it's almost like oh, we've got a penalty. Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Just before you who fancies it? Yeah. Anyone want to go? Because it seems everyone's capable. Clearly, um, no. I mean, it was. I mean, yeah. I mean, and of course, she took it with ease, and the, you know, the stand in there, like as if to say, "Oh, come on!" Like I was going to miss. Like I was going to miss. Um, there was a lot of strong performances on that pitch. Um. It's difficult. I also almost want to mention just two people, really. <laughs> it's difficult to pick one. All right, we can split. Because it's you, Tracy, because we love having you on, we will allow you to split the... I don't know what the Blue Royalty Player of the Match Award looks like, but <laughs> I'm going to imagine it's... Maybe it's Guru's celebration. You can tear it in half and give an arm each to the two players you're going to pick. I, literally, for me, it is Erin and Sophie. It really is. I think, you know, they worked so well yesterday. They're just that that holding within that the middle of the pitch and that game. No, I think it's it's hard to pick them to apart. And I, I actually do think Sophie has also gone from strength to strength this season. And actually you can just see that she is just she's not letting anything go at the moment. So um yeah, as much as I would pick Guru every game, um, I'm gonna try and mention a different name this week. So I've actually because of that I've gone for two. So I it would be Erin and Sophie. All right, the midfield dream team. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's hard to pick out uh, player of the match performances. I think I would give mine actually to Kadisha, just in terms of I really felt we saw her go to a different level. And I know she didn't have loads to do, but I just felt like everything she did, she did really well. And she was so proactive that she stops it from being loads to do because she was constantly stepping out even when Spurs were getting onto the ball just you know in the in in our half like not not even letting them get close to the area um Twitter gave it to Lauren James which is fair enough I just feel like I can't give Lauren James this award every week this imaginary award we're clustering up her mantelpiece too much we've got a we've got to hand it out to to everyone um but obviously, we've got a big game. Big game on Wednesday. Back at King's Meadow. Real Madrid coming to town. Tracy, there was a big benefit, I think, in the second half. We took off a lot of players. And I think that's kind of why the second half got dull, too. So, Eriksen, Kerr, Cuthbert, Wright and Buchanan all came off. Do you think this is just, you know, we were like, rest them and they're, they're all coming back in right I on Wednesday? They're all coming back in on Wednesday. I, I think we'll start with the same team. 
I do. I think I really, I'd be really surprised if we don't start with exactly the same team. Um, that's got to be what Emma was thinking. Um, it's a big game. Um, back at home, where we want to be. Um, big game. Um, yeah, I, we started so well. I, I think it'll be exactly the same setup. It's just rest players. Why not? We The game was so comfortable at that point that, you know, we, me and you could have gone on the pitch and, you know, just knocked the ball about, to be fair. I would have loved that, Tracy. Oh, no, that would have been great fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that happen one day, I'm sure. Maybe we could take a penalty at some point. Yeah, you never, you never know. Everyone else is. So, you know, why not? Exactly. Exactly. Um, Abdullah, obviously some bad news that came out today. I think we kind of knew this was coming. Although maybe we didn't quite know the extent of it. But Penila Harder having an operation on her hamstring... Um, having injured it uh, when she was away with Denmark. Chelsea say that uh, she's expected to be sidelined for a significant period. I mean, you know, players who've kind of had similar issues have kind of missed the the vast majority of seasons. Um, so it's going to be a big, big blow for Chelsea, right? But I think just to be look on the bright side, I will say that I feel like the players who have maybe been fringe in the past or not been like superstar level you know your gurus your jessies um people like that even lauren james obviously it feels like we're very lucky that we've got a squad that feels able to actually cope with this absence as as sad as it is for harder and for chelsea right yeah I, th- I think i think this season more than ever has kind of come at a perfect time with all these players almost peaking at the same time i think guru is in the form of a life undroppable right now regardless of who's playing there and i think jesse's you know obviously signed a new contract as well slowly coming into her game and i think she needs the game time as well so um i think i think there'll be pr- plenty of opportunity for her and, and not to mention i think fran kirby coming back on the pitch yesterday was a great sign and i think her you know back into fitness is almost the perfect timing if there ever was one if you know harder was to get injured where harder might be out for two three months now but frank kirby's coming back and you can expect frank kirby to be you know playing in that harder role and you know when you've got one world-class player out you've got a second world-class player coming back i mean you just and then on top of that you've got a guru right and a lauren james and a jesse fleming all kind of in reserve quote-unquote i mean the depth is is unbelievable so Yes, it's sad that we've lost Penel Harder for two, three months at least, but, um, you know, not too worried in terms of the replacements that, that Chelsea have in, you know, on the bench. Yeah, so heading into the Real Madrid game, they, just if we're on um, opponent watch, got a narrow 1-0 win against Huelva, who, spoiler alert, aren't very good. Um, so we definitely are on the better run of form, I think, than Real Madrid right now, but hopefully we can kind of... Make that clear at Kings Meadow on Wednesday night. Um, just to round up the other results from the WSL, as we mentioned earlier briefly, Man United did beat Arsenal 3-2. So uh, anyone who thought Arsenal were going to have an unbeaten season, sorry to disappoint. Not very oh. sorry. Um, West Ham beat Leicester 1-0. That was very dull. We finally got a draw. Brighton drew 3-3 with Liverpool. Aston Villa beat Reading 3-1. And Man City beat Everton 2-1. So, top of the table, it is Chelsea. Uh, Seven wins from eight games. 21 points. Um, Arsenal, three points behind, obviously having played a game less. Uh, On 18, United on 18 as well. City hanging around on 15-2. Leicester still bottom on zero points. 
Rebelled it on Wednesday, then we're off to Leicester. Not this weekend. We've got a break. It's the Conti Cup FA Cup weekend. FA Very Cup. bizarre. FA uh, Cup. Yeah, we yeah, I know I checked it was I saw FA Cup games because I was like, where's the football? So <laughs> it's FA Cup if you're lower tier and it's Conti Cup if you're upper tier but not as good as Chelsea are. So everyone enjoy their weekends. Um when we get back, we'll have Leicester on Saturday, the 3rd of December, followed by going away to Real Madrid. Reading visit Kings Meadow on the 11th. We go to Albania on the 16th to play Vlatsnia. And then, as hinted at, it is PSG at the bridge on the 22nd. So, um, maybe more excitement in the Champions League to look forward to rather than the WSL. But every game in the WSL is, is a fun game in this beautiful and often hilarious league. I'm looking forward to to Leicester. Of course I am. Cause All right. There's the goal difference I was talking about right there. Okay, yeah. So, we did have fun at the King Power last season. So that will be something to look forward to. Don't Last season, I missed the first half of that game because I went to, to Pizza Express and my phone just was buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. So don't make the same mistake I did, friends no, no. and Get enemies. Um, Tracy, I assume we will see you singing loud and proud at, at King's Meadow in the West End on, on Wednesday night. Absolutely, of course, because why wouldn't where I would be? And then you'll also see me doing that, at, you know, in Leicester the following weekend. Yes, rather the games that we miss. Um, yeah, so yeah, lots of singing to come. Um, yeah, I think we've got some interesting games coming up in the Champions League. I think that's really heavily focused before Christmas. I think there's a lot of you know there, there's a lot there to be focused on, and uh, some other games in between where hopefully we can pick up some good wins, good good goals, and you know keep pushing on in, in the league so lots of football to come you know if you're tired of watching the world cup don't want to watch the world cup boycotting the world cup we have enough women's football for you to sink your teeth into so yeah more than enough i will be being part of the the south stand massive on wednesday night which i'm very much looking forward to uh abdullah will you be staying up maybe at least for the first half Yes, as I always do, is my patented 45 minutes live, 45 minutes replay. So yeah, I will probably be doing that once again. So if you're listening, Emma Hayes, uh, same same job as this one. Let's get it all wrapped up in the first half and then Abdullah can have some sweet, sweet dreams. Uh, yes. We'll be back after the game on Wednesday to, to talk about it all. Plenty of content coming out across across both our channels. So, so make sure you're subscribed, make sure you're rating, reviewing, you know, all that good stuff. But until then, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.